When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. The driver's seat. The driver's seat. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Start the celebrations for McLaren. The driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. A very warm welcome to you wherever you're listening around the country. This is the driver's seat as always. We do it thanks to our great mates at Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia. And fellas, could you believe that we are just two weeks or so away from the Bathurst 1000? It's exciting, isn't it? It's isn't crazy. It? This is the build-up. That's, that's, that's snuck up. It's <laughs> snuck up on, on me like specifically because... I don't know why. I just I just don't feel as though it's that time of the year yet. And you know, when we start this uh, at the start of the year every year, Nimsy, we look at our we look at our contracts mm-hmm. and we go forty three episodes of the driver's seat. We've got to do forty three episodes. It feels like it's miles away, but I think what's this one for us for, the, for this one? Nimsy? Episode thirty one. It's thirty one. So we've only got like ten or eleven weeks to go. Mm-hmm. Very quick. Like it's happening very quick. Either that or I'm just getting old. <laughs> oh, a little from column A and a little from column B, I think. <laughs> yeah, but um, Hey, look, we have got to focus towards the Apathis 1000, which is the next round. And all the Victorian teams went and did a, uh, a cheeky little test day at Winton. And, uh, well, let's get to our feature interview because he's uh, sharing a drink straw with someone that is doing very well. Well, at least burst onto the scene as a wildcard. But uh, before we get to our feature interview, thanks to Ryko Filters, Ask Mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional choice. We've got to give him a proper intro. I'm gonna set this house on. Great job, Thomas Randall. He has controlled it from the start. He's going to pick up another race win. There's going to be many, many mm. big moments to come. We've got no doubt about that with Tommy Randall. Thomas Randall, you've got guts, mate. You've got serious guts. Chicken Racing's Tom Randall. Tommy, you're in the hot seat. Thomas Randall, welcome back. Your winner here on the mountain. Here's Tom Randall. Yes, please welcome back to the driver's seat and uh, someone that's had a lot of commitments on a Wednesday night thanks to the E-Series, but he's finally made it the one and only Thomas Randall. <laughs> hey, you guys have really worked on that intro and it is paying off beautifully. So thank Mate, you for all the effort you, there. You listen to that opener and there's lots of good racing stuff there, mate, but lots of interviews as well. Like you are a media mega star listening to, I would call it something else. Yeah. <laughs> a media, something. You call it, eh? <laughs> a media, yeah, well, we, we won't do that, but it's, it's been a, a big jump from super two to main game for you. You're in your rookie year. How would you, as we come into the big one, what would you give us out of 10, your, Efforts so media. Far. Yeah. Oh, you can't say I that. I didn't Steve say it. I said hoo ha. 
Who are? Ooh, how? Ooh. Give us a, give us that's close to the knuckle, my friend. Give us a one to ten. Where are you at? How's your first oh, year gone? Ooh. I'm going to have to say, look, probably I reckon a seven. I think uh, the last couple of rounds have, have certainly been a lot stronger, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, definitely there's room for improvement. Um, but yeah, I think for the first half of the year has been was a bit tricky. I mean, we've just had we've had quite a lot of BNFs. Um, I think we've had five or six this year, so that that certainly hasn't helped the points tally. But yeah, I think we're 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 moving up, and um, yeah, I think we're getting some more consistent results. So yeah, perfect heading into Bathurst. And as Stevie J said a bit earlier, it's, it, he's right. It just doesn't feel like that time of year. I can't believe how fast this year has gone by. Mm. Hey, give us a one to ten on your starts this year. <laughs> oh well. That's a, it's too soon, I reckon, Stevie. I think, you know, it's too soon. Sorry, yeah. mate. <laughs> Sorry, yes. did you want to? I'll give you a zero to one. Okay, so my zero to a hundred at Taylor and Ben, I reckon, at the point of impact would have been pretty high. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. your the, fastest the, zero yeah. to a hundred start all year. I mean, the cheap horses <laughs> that you pull when you do a race start are probably. You know, let's say 1.2, maybe 1.4 Gs. I mean, yep. if I could do more race starts at 38 Gs, I tell you what, I'd be by <laughs> turn one every time. <laughs> now, and that that begs a question because uh, you did have to go soon. I shouldn't laugh some... about that. I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you set it up beautifully, mate. Uh, you had to go through some treatment in the off season. Uh, you you lost one of the Saladas. So after that contact on the main straight of Taylor and Ben, the world wants to know how is the Jets cracker after that? (laughs) (laughs) You haven't been asked that by too many media outlets, have you, brother? (laughs) I tell you what, are you sure we're doing an interview right now? I feel like one. (laughs) That's how we we roll on the driver's seat. Role. Um, no, we're all good. Uh, the good. the, uh, good the sole survivor is, is all good. <laughs> He's intact. And, uh, and now we're ready to get back on. No, but in all seriousness. You've broken me. broken all of me. Uh, but but uh, we did. I did give you a buzz, and <laughs> and it was good that you were hmm. okay after that. It was pretty horrible. So uh, you did have to go through. You had to get some massages. You were pretty sore the next day after chatting to you. So, um, but to be able to pull through that um, is a is a good testament to not only yourself and your fitness, but also the strength of the car too. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, um, one of the biggest safety improvements. Well, obviously, they've moved the seat further inboard on the current cars and then moving the fuel cell in front of the rear axle. That, they're probably the two that have that have saved myself and, and Andre. Um, so, but then, you know, they're probably the strongest and safest chassis around. You know, they're safer than a GT car. Um, yep. the, the, the work that's put into those cars, and I think Gen 3 is going to be even stronger. So I'm looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, as you said, a pretty... Pretty brutal experience. Uh, mm. Certainly the biggest crash I've had in my career. And, uh, yeah, it was just nice to try to get that out of the brain going into Sandown. And, and, you know, we went into Sandown. We had our strongest round, um, getting, getting the shootout, um, top five quality, and, and a couple of top ten results. So, yeah, that was, that was a good good step forward. And uh, hopefully we can continue on that trajectory um, into Bathurst. Um, it was a, a really successful weekend for you, 
both on the track and off, mate, because as I mentioned earlier, you did have a, a brush with our friend uh, Cancer uh, earlier in the year, which has led you to a really strong partnership with the Peter McCallum uh, Cancer Foundation. Mate, very happy. In fact, Nimsy, get the applause button ready because you raised over 50 grand for uh, the Peter McCallum Cancer Foundation, mate, and that's that's a great effort over one weekend. Well done. Congrats on that. That's huge. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, first of all, got to thank everyone who, who uh, was was part of it. I mean, my dad as well for helping sort of get all together. Tickford for all their support. Castrol for changing the livery and donating um, to the cause. Eddie Clemenko, she made a very generous donation, twenty grand. A lot of a lot of my sponsors donated and and everyone else who who got on board. And it was just a fantastic weekend, as you said. Even off the track, we had around 100 patients and, and um, staff members from Peter Mac come out across the weekend. And most of them had never even seen a, a motorsport event live. So it was, it was great for them. And, and I think we've got some new fans of the sport. And, and you know, that's the, that's the great thing about it all is, is just giving back. And I think we've got such a great platform to do these sorts of things. So, yeah, I mean, we're already looking at what we can do next year because, uh, as you said, I mean, it's incredible that we raised over 50 grand, but we just want to keep trying to raise the bar and, Mm. And if we can keep doing that, then uh, that would that, that'd be great. Because at the end of the day, places like Peter Mac are, uh, are uh, publicly funded. So donations uh, mean the world to them. Hey, mate, um, obviously want to talk a bit more racing now. So uh, you got, we've got Bathurst coming up. It's obviously the biggest one of the year for you. But um, just going through your stats and, and obviously knowing you for, for quite a long time, you know, we're all just for, you know, I know the reason and Maddie knows the reason, but for a lot of our, our fans and listeners, um, they'd like to probably understand, you know, Tommy Randall, you know, always at the front of the field, Super 2, you know, you were, you were so successful in there, always at the front, pole positions, race wins, um, championships. But, you know, we can see you now, you know, obviously you have a good one at Sandown where you're, you know, knocking just inside the top 10 and that sort of thing. What's the, obviously the difference, you know, give us a bit of a summary of the jump from super two to supercars. And, and is it what you expected? I know you've done some, uh, some long distance races as co-drivers in the past, but your first full-time year, uh, you know, it, it's obviously a bigger step than what people realize. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, and you know what, Steve, it's, as you know, it's not even just down to one thing. I mean, mm. I think, Firstly, the, the professionalism from all the teams. And I'm not saying that Super 2 and Super 3 aren't, but you're, you're at this level where, you know, some teams have got 30, 40, 50 employees and uh, everyone's trying to do the same thing, you know, with, with all the engineers. And, and these cars are in their 10th season now of, of running. So uh, all the drivers that, are, that aren't rookies, you know, they've been driving these cars uh, in the main series for quite a long time, you know, there's so much experience there uh, collectively on the grid and the intensity level, I know it probably sounds a bit um, cliche, but it, it, it is just another step up and every single session, everyone is just on their game. So it's yeah. the biggest thing I've probably got used to or trying to get used to is that, for example, in Super 2, if you just do a quality lap that's 95%, you know, you, you hit your marks, and you just sort of get everything right. You don't try and overdrive. Don't overstep the mark. You're probably guaranteed a top three, top four starting position because a lot of guys, you know, just try and push a bit too hard and make mistakes. Whereas in the main series, that, that's just not enough. 
Uh, 95% lack is not enough. You, that, mm. you have to be 100%. And, and sometimes, you know, that's even that's not enough. So I think the biggest thing for me is the margins. I mean, some tracks we've been to this year, first to 25th has been a tenth of a second. And, and that's just, to be honest, unheard of in, in Super 2 and in yeah. a lot of categories around the world. So I, it's yeah. probably just fine, all the fine tuning, you know, whether it's me in the car whether it's just trying to get that last bit out of the vehicle and it's the relationships. I mean, this is my first full-time year, as you said, in the category, but also working with my engineer, Raymond, it's his first year full-time. So there's a lot of um, new moving parts, but yeah. every, every, every round we're learning stuff on the track, off the track, what we can do better for next time. And I think that's all we can really do. So next year is going to be interesting. I think with the gen three cars, that's, I feel like that's going to mix it up a bit because then everyone's going to be in the same boat, new cars, uh, new philosophies, and it'll be interesting to see who's able to get on top of it uh, the quickest. Mate, mate I, I, I think from my point of view, and I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a football player, you know, I don't know the step up from reserve grade to, to the main game, but um, for me, when I watch a football game, for instance, a rugby league game, it, I'll watch... Um, say, just a normal uh, mid-season uh, match, you know, obviously for the NRL Championship between whatever teams, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. Um, but then you watch the State of Origin mm. and then you see that just the intensity and the even the, the tackles and, and the I guess the relentlessness of both teams mm. in that seems to be, for me, just watching the normal... Uh, you know, round mm. ten of the, of the NRL championship. Yeah. That, it, that, it, it, for me, that's it, what it, that's what it looks like. It goes up another level, like more elite, if that makes sense. <laughs> correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and that's 100%. what that's what it feels like for me, anyway. So, and yeah, uh, no, and that's that's spot on. Spot on. Yeah, and you've got to be you've got to be careful with that sort of stuff because you know you come from being the the grade six or in primary school, being the top of the tree to being the uh, the younger person up in high school in year seven, and you go through a definite change back. But it's it's an interesting vibe in your team because you've got a really strong mix of rookie and, dare I say, veteran. Uh, that was very James nice. Courtney and the team. I was about to say, JC is going to be very appreciative you said. <laughs> veteran, journeyman, whatever you'd like to call him. Um, dad. We call him dad. We just dad. call him, we call dad. him dad. Yeah, He's about to get a whole lot more of that around oh, his yeah, mouth, let me yeah. tell you. Uh, 100%. But, How's the culture within the team? Because two rookies and two experienced guys, obviously you've got Cam Waters in there with you and Jake Kostecki. Um, is, it, is that something that you you lean on? Do you go to those two boys and say, what's going on here? Or is it really like a you know everyone's a quarter share in the data and all of that kind of stuff and adding to the team? Or are those guys really leading from the front given their experience? To be honest, we all get along like a house on fire. I mean, we've got a group chat that we all talk to each other almost every day in and uh we yeah everyone looks at everyone's data it's uh it's very open um if we've got any issues uh we'll just say it and and that's what i think's been really good this year is that we're all trying to work towards the same goal i mean um yeah and that's 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 how the team succeeds or uh it heads down that path of, of succeeding i mean you know cam's you have to say it has been uh, the 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 lead driver, um, so mm-hmm. it's 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 good to lean on him. But um, you know, if I've ever got any questions off track, on the track, whatever it's about, I can lean on all those guys. And uh, and yeah, 
we all get along really well. And uh, I think it, it makes the team stronger. And yeah, we're really looking forward to working together with all of them next year. Um, so speaking of looking forward, let's let's eyes forward to Bathurst. Um, fair co-driver, uh, young Zach Best, who put it on pole at Tail and Bend, the ill-fated Tail and Bend for Thomas Randall. But uh, he, he's a bit of a gun, isn't he? Like, and he's really showing his colours, stepped it up, showed his talent. Are you confident going into the one thousand? What's the mindset when you've got him beside you as well? Because you could be you could be a, a dark horse. You could be an outside threat. I reckon. I mean, it'd be nice. I mean, it's it's one of those rounds. It's just you don't know what you've got until you get there. I mean, everyone's like I said, working towards the same goal, and you can have your your pre-round confidence, I guess. But like, it's going to be honestly, it's going to be really cool pairing up with Zach. I mean, I've known Zach since my Matt White Super Two days back in 2020, and yeah, we've been uh, yeah, been good mates ever since. So to be teaming up with him is going to be really cool. And yeah, we had the test day on Tuesday, running through all the procedures, and him getting plenty of laps comfortable in in the car. But you know. As you said, he, he drove Stella at, uh, at Tail and Bend, so uh, he knows what he's doing. Um, just a, a matter of making sure we keep it clean, get all the procedures right, because it's very easy to make a little slip-up and you get a drive-through penalty or something like that. So mm. it's just about mm-hmm. uh, minimising mistakes there and uh, and playing the long game, making sure you're there in the last stint. So yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, yeah. That car that you're driving, though, is, isn't that the car that he put on pole? Was that the car that he put on pole at Tail and Bend after, obviously, yours it wasn't able to be repaired? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, well, that's... <laughs> yeah, right. that's well, that should be on pole good. at Bathurst Maybe <laughs> a... Oh, it's that easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just that easy. Yep, Says no, the bloke that never got that. a pole at Bathurst <laughs> in ah, supercar. I got a second. You got a second. But you never yeah. got a pole, did you? No, I didn't get a pole. Uh, in supercars? Yeah. Yeah. At Bathurst? No, not at Bathurst. No. <laughs> not at Bathurst. Yeah, in We're TCM. Talking, yeah. Oh, in TCM, yeah. Right. <laughs> Hey, you got to be in it to win it, don't you? Absolutely. That's no, I've got a second. Remember, I think I qualified hey, Steve, second. Steve, just remember, who, out of you and me, who's the who focuses on the um, the TCM trophy races? You know, who focuses on winning those? All right. Correct. Just remember. <laughs> yes, correct. I, well, I had a couple of. Freezer, you know? <laughs> Tom wanted the fridge way more than I did. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you do, do some you TCM? Yeah, 20, what was it, 2019? 2019. Yeah. He drove Rusty yeah. French's black yeah. Mustang. Oh, he did too. Mm. Yes. We had a good course. battle, yeah. we did. Yeah, in we the did. main race yeah, or in the in the trophy it, races? Main race. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I think it was the uh, qualifying was less than a tenth between us, wasn't it? It was mm. bloody close. It's, it was. It's actually quite um, funny because both, like, I think out of all of us, Matty, you're the only one that's had to stare at Tommy's brake lights in a race. No, I did. I watched oh, his yeah. brake lights a little bit. <laughs> and, 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 I, a little bit of I, Philip Island. When would I have looked at Tommy's brake lights? It, when at, have I at raced the bend. Tommy? In the tin no, I did too. That's Jeez, right. When mate, we did your, Aussie tin tops. Your memory is gone. For, this is what... Well, <laughs> well hang yes. on a minute. <laughs> a few <laughs> concussions there, mate. Uh, yeah. I've hit the odd wall or two. I did. You know, Tommy hey, was in. Do you know what was good about that, that race? Go on. Rolling starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Now you were in the you were in Rusty French's 
The Bentley, what, wasn't the it? The Bentley thing. Oh, mate, I didn't look at his brake lights. There I was, was going to say, was if no you brake saw his brake lights, lights no, 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 it was no, only no. sitting in pit lane no. before you went out. Yeah, no, I, I saw Tommy's headlights as he was passing me and lapping me. I wasn't uh, – I never saw Tommy's brake lights, mate. I'll give you the strong tip. <laughs> well, anyway. Well, that, was, that was fun. Well, that was so, a good weekend. Well, so we've got a lot of. Uh, there's, it's it's funny too because like you know we've you've been a part of this show and a part of this station for a very long time, and it just seems like almost yesterday. You know, you were that the the debut at the Adelaide Five Hundred back in 2018, mm. and and we've just all loved not just myself, Steve, and Maddie, but like the all of the driver's seat fans. We've really enjoyed seeing what you're doing in the main game, and it's just been awesome. Senior finally get that full time seat because Lord knows I don't have to tell you it, it felt like a long time coming but we're so glad to see you finally in the main game mate. Nah, thanks guys, and it certainly felt like that for me too. So <laughs> great to be yeah, great to be here, and you sometimes just got to sit back and um, yeah, smell the roses because it's uh, certainly a one in a million job. You know, I mean, there's what 25 million people in Australia and there's 25 seats, so it's literally one in a million. Yeah. And I tell you what, Tommy makes a mean carbonara. Carbonara. How random are you? You've no, been on for a I few weeks and you're... Tommy? You're reaching for the gags. No. no we'll put the photo up. We're going to put... I'll, I'll send the photo to Nimsy and we'll put oh, it up yeah, on our... Better, uh, Tommy made me a birthday uh, birthday dinner. Yeah, the the old, car- oh, really? Yeah, that the, sounds uh, romantic. The carbonara. Yeah. But, um, the carbonara. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you right now, there's not a lot of carbs in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of potassium. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a very romantic dinner between you two boys, right? I'll get I'll get the skinny on that after we go to the break. <laughs> but uh, hey, Tommy, uh, all the best for um for Bathurst, mate. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll catch a trackside sometime soon. And again, a big congratulations for the fine work that you, Tickford, Castro Racing, and all of uh, your sponsors and partners and the fans did to raise uh, a great amount of money for Peter Mac. Because as you said, they, this this work that they do is literally saving lives every day, and they need our help to do so. So, um, give yourself a pat on the back, mate, and um, hopefully. We'll see you up the front at Bathurst. No, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure as always. There we go. Tommy Randall joining us here on the driver's seat. And it does feel, doesn't it, like if we could have one driver to follow the journey, Tommy Randall has been our guy, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah well, as you, as you say, he's been right on the front there. He's always smiling. He's, he's, he's always good with the media. He never brushes you or gets upset even when something bad happens on track. So he's, he's got like a a touch of the early Craig Lowndes about him from a personality point of view. I he's think. great with the smile. He's, got, he's yeah. got a lot of his own backers, which are, uh, have followed him through from, from the junior categories because of just the guy he is. Yeah. 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 So he's, he's a good egg and, uh, I really hope he does very well at Bathurst actually. And he's in his first fault. His first one is a main driver, um, not a co-driver and he's got a, a bloody good steerer with Zach Best beside him. So in what seems to be a decent car. So let's hope that Tickford, give him the opportunity to actually get a result because that would be uh, that would be awesome for his career. It seriously would be. 0433 98 11 16 is the number if you'd like to get in touch. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we've got Malcolm Owens joining us as well mm. for the Classic Cars Corner where we're going to be talking Queen Elizabeth's cars. I didn't even know she had mm. a c- car collection, but uh, as always, Malconio, he's got the, uh, the 411 when it comes to anything Classic Cars, even if it is in Buckingham Palace. And yes, in, well, yeah. He's got a he's got a direct line to the Queen. <laughs> had, 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 had. <laughs> now though it's to KC. King Charles. It is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. Ta- we'll take a quick pause for the calls, but we'd love to get your texts. 0433 98 11 16. If you've got any questions for Malcolm too, text in.
0433981116 is the number. We'll be back with more right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Uh, it is the driver's seat, and we'll catch up with Malcolm Owens in just a moment. But as always, we do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. And remember, you can rev up your smartphone with the driver's seat app. It is available in the App Store. Do you want to go through some of these text, boys? Well, sure. Uh, so we'll, we might we might even um, start at the bottom. Red hot tip for you boys: Danny Rick will be the Red Bull reserve driver next year and will replace Perez in twenty four. That's from Wilco uh, Maroon, Queensland. <laughs> Which he a- and he adds uh, based on nothing credible but a few tins and a feeling in my loins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it could look, happen. He listed his source at least. <laughs> he did, yeah. Well, thank you for that, Wilco. Could happen, mate. Could happen. We're going to discuss that a little bit later How, on. How's, how's the one from Billy, though? I like the one from Billy. Evening, guys. Loving the show. Just quickly, is it true race car drivers are the best people to go for dating advice? Apparently, they are trained to spot red flags. <laughs> <laughs> well, some are. You know, Billy, you would think so, wouldn't you? Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, Having met a lot of lovely women in our time, Stevie J. And, and knowing the race car and drivers. And knowing the race car drivers and who they ultimately end up with and what they've done. I say they because, of course, it would never be me. No. It was the, it's them. You lot. No, not uh, me. <laughs> you would think so, Billy. And I love that. That's brilliant. You would think we would be better at that. Um, Michael, uh, Stevie J, who's this new co-host that you've got in called Steve Johnson. Where'd you pluck him from? <laughs> That's a bit harsh. That's a drive-by from Michael. <laughs> nah, he spelled it wrong anyway. It's not even me. It's Johnston. Oh, you, oh, yeah. oh so it's not even, he's not talking about Speaking me. Speaking of being on the tins. He's not talking about yeah. me. Cat and follows up from Stevie J. Yeah, well done. Yeah, Pick that one up quickly. And follows up. Uh, Stevie, how, how did the boy go at Sandown? Would have uh, would have rained pretty hard out there on the weekend. Yeah. Oh, Michael. Michael. It was probably more set up for... Boat racing mm. than it was Look, car racing. Also, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. To Michael as well, you should have been following us on the driver's seat page because myself and young Jet, we did a little video update on yeah, there. Yes, you were out there. Which was a bit of fun. Oh, yeah. The I, SEN Malteser. I do out have there to, on the grounds. I do have to mention, I did get, uh, I did get um, uh, recognised <laughs> by a few people, which is very nice. <laughs> Signing uh, autographs again, Nimsy. No, no autographs. No autographs. No photos. I did get lambasted <laughs> by a certain member of the media, uh, which I'll tell you about off air. Oh no, you t- put that on air. No, we want to do that no, on air. We I'll, want to embarrass those people uh, in the I media. I won't because I'll probably have to see him in a, in a media scrum at some point in time. <laughs> but um, I do want to give a quick shout out though to Luke King because he. Mm. We'll get to our wrap of Sandown in just a moment. We'll catch up with Malcolm Owens and then go straight to Sandown after that. But it was a shocking three days at Sandown. It was the absolute worst of Melbourne's weather that you could throw you away. I think I was telling Steve when we were in the um, TCM garage that it was just like, I, I think I saw more, like as old mate when sitting on the text line, there were so many red flags from yeah. all of those sessions. It was just, it was crazy that someone could actually put a time up because it was just that much rain. It was coming down sideways. But uh, Lukey King on the Friday afternoon actually took me for a spin in the uh, Mautai Zip Pay Racing TCR mm-hmm. Hyundai i30N. And all i got to say is, if you, if you think, I know there's been a lot of people saying, oh, they're not as fast as such and such. You know, these little hot hatches with their front wheel drive. TV does not do it justice. Absolutely Never does. does not do it justice. I can tell you right now, as I'm in, 
I'm sitting in the passenger seat, you know, strapped on in the little uh, thingy jig. And a shout out to to um, <laughs> in the thingy jig. You know, Is that a technical term? It's a technical term. <laughs> I do got to give a shout in the seat. In the seat. Belts that's on. it. That, well, look, something that's literally strapped in, so I could plonk me backside in, and yeah, then gets taken seat. out once I'm finished. <laughs> It, oh, it, what was? Oh, did you have like a? Did you have like a seat insert or something? No, no, no just a seat. No, just, just a, a seat. seat. Oh, yeah, okay. But, but just, it, it's, not, seat. it's nothing like as someone put on our uh, our Facebook page. It's nothing like the the comfy ones in the Camry. I'll put it there, put it there. But no, no. But I do, yeah, I do got to give a quick shout out though to um to Luke's wonderful support team that was there mm-hmm. with him, also led by his lovely partner Liz, uh, mm-hmm. who made sure that I looked after looked after me there. But yeah, so we get we drive out of the pits and I get to turn one and I'm absolutely loving life at the moment. All of a sudden, turn two is coming pretty quickly. The windscreen wipers are going like a hundred miles an hour. Turn three also I'm pretty sure came very quickly. Got to turn four, turn five. I'm like, oh, Danny Dong Road. This is what the hell? It's turn six, seven, eight, chicades. What the? <laughs> Meanwhile, Lukey King, an absolute pro where I'm pretty sure I would have had to. <laughs> Next time I'm doing a, a TCM lap, a, a TCR lap with him, I want a brown race suit just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so two so two things in that, Nimsy. That was in the wet. So uh, I dare say Luke, who's, who's a, a sensational steerer, um, would have probably been going seventy five percent. So because that's what you have to do. Um, if you crash a car on a hot lap, you are in big trouble. Mm. So he would have been taking it a bit easier anyway. But then add the wet to that. Um, so you could imagine what it's like in the dry. But I've got to tell you, your your ride on Friday was nothing like his ride on Sunday, where he broke <laughs> a rear upright. And again, you say that they're not that fast. I've seen, we've seen the onboard vision of when that rear upright goes, Steve J, and it's at about terminal velocity up the back straight. The car changes not only direction a little bit, but actually changes, goes side on to the track at literally the 200k an hour mark. He is at 200k an hour in the wet and the rear of the car let go. I mean, it was, it's one of those ones where. He was kissed onto something by a fairy yep. not to touch that fence because that would have been a plane accident. That would have been a shocker, I reckon. Yeah. But uh, if, if what you, a catch. If you ever think you're watching on Stan Sport uh, or maybe watching the highlights on Nine Go and think, oh, yeah. those cars don't go too fast, trust me. Well, at yeah. least I can at least hand to God say, and believe me, when I was getting to about turn eight and nine, going left and right over the little, uh, and loves a curb too, does, uh, does Luke King, I should just point out. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking to myself, what did I, what did I sign on that Motorsport <laughs> Australia release thing? If we kill you, you can't sue us. That's what you signed. <laughs> just so like, you can imagine what it's like in the dry, mate. But yeah. Lukey's a, Lukey's a sharp operator and uh, I was pumped that you got to have that experience. I've never been in a TCR car, so good for you, mate. That was awesome. Mm, very and thank cool. you to Lizzie. She's a gun. You know, she funny, very funny quick story about her. About uh, two and a half, three years ago, I met her for the first time at Bathurst and she said, my God, you've got a great voice. You should be on radio. That was about... <laughs> Six years into the driver's seat. <laughs> it's actually quite funny because she told me that exact same story. Oh, there you and, go. and it actually took yeah, Luke to go, um, uh, he, he is. <laughs> she's a cracking bird. She's, and, and they work together as a ripper team, those two. Yeah, so big shout out to everyone in the garage too at Mautai and no Zippe Racing. Very, very good stuff. But we'll take a quick break and we'll open the doors to the classic cars corner in just a moment. 
Hit your text coming through, 0433 98 11 16. This is the driver's seat. Now, as always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. 0433 98 11 16 is the text line if you'd like to get in touch. Uh, this one's from Rob the Ranger from uh, Camden. Nimsy, do we discuss your Hornet shirt at Sandown? Look, we can. We can. <laughs> we, Someone's been looking at the socials. We can. Or he's spotted me at Sandown. Uh, shout out to Ian. Well, too. he's from Camden, so I'm tipping he oh, probably yeah. wasn't there. Well, that's true. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Ian, though, who came up to me and sort of went like, Nimsy, right? And I'm like, yes, yes. He's like, yeah, I saw the Hornet shirt, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a safe bet that's Nims. I'm like, anything else? Give it away. Uh, Did you hear <laughs> the dark, bald, Malteser-looking head on the shoulders? Uh, did you get it signed by Caruso, by the Unf- way? Unfortunately, I didn't, because every time I, uh, I, I did see him, and I did give him a wave, but he was mm-hmm. he had Stan Sports commitments. Mm-hmm. He was also commentating, and he was running back and forth between... Uh, putting his beanie and jacket on and putting his race suit on. Yes. And then it was so it was rather hectic. And I thought, you know what? I'll get you, I'll get you next time, Robo. All good. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, right now, though, we've got to slide open the doors to the Classic Cars Corner. This is the Classic Cars Corner with Malcolm, Malcolm Owens. Owens for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Back for over 40 years, they've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. So please welcome back once again to the driver's seat, the one and only Malcolm Owens. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we? Or as we shall now call you, King Malcolm. King Malcolm. King Malcolm. <laughs> we shall call you the, yeah. the uh, head of state of uh, the driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll take it. Thanks. Yeah, you'll How take you, that. Oh, I'm very good. Thank you, mate. Very good. And, uh, Good. It was probably a good uh, good ploy to be sitting in the nice warm lounge room last weekend because, as you know, it was horrible and being at Sandown was even worse. Yeah, it, was, so, it wasn't great, was it? No, it wasn't very good at all. So some sun would have been nice. I was moving my I was moving my daughter into her house, so I had I was nice and wet anyway. But anyway, it was uh, seemed to be a good round. Uh, yeah, they lots did lots. did did all right, young Jet, and uh, lots of coverage, especially going sideways through, through a puddle, the mud. And, oh my, through a puddle, through a puddle, oh, through an ocean, <laughs> through a pool. But oh. anyway, anyway, we'll cover that a little bit later. Yeah, Malcolm, what I want to know from you uh, is, we obviously had the sad demise of HRH, Lizzie. She's gone, mm-hmm. um, but she was a bit of a rev head, hey? Because you've got the skinny on. Some of the kits she had in the Royal Garage, and I, I, I've, I was sad when she died. I'm even more sad now. I'd stand up, Australia, uh, <laughs> because she, she's a, she's a revhead. She loves the car. We knew she was a mechanic in World War Two, but I didn't realise she had a pretty good garage. Yes, she does have a, have a fairly good garage. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> it was interesting that the funeral service smashed every every record. So I'm putting my marketing hat on here. It had 4.1 billion viewers worldwide. Wow. So that was bigger than any of the royal weddings, the moon landing. Wow. So, yeah. So, um, Should have I had that car sponsored. Is... <laughs> <laughs> no one running around with a Dunlop hat where you just pop yeah, it on top. Nah, that's a wasted opportunity right there, folks. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, so while the new, the new king's left to check out all of his property art and jewellery collection, that he's just inherited, but he's got a very nice stable of cars as well. So it doesn't obviously get the same level of media coverage, but while we're sitting there watching the funeral, uh, I thought I'd just jump online and just check out um, some of the stuff that, uh, that that old Lizzie had. So she uh, amassed a fleet of luxury cars that would make Jay Leno blush, 
and she was driving right up to her final years. And interestingly, the Queen's never had a driver's license because she never had to have one being the, uh, being the wow. monarch. So right. a little tasty fact for you there. There you go. Um, as you mentioned, Matt, she was an enthusiastic motorist. Um, she'd been an army ambulance driver in World War II and actually trained as a mechanic. Mm. So throughout her 70-year reign, the Queen was seen behind the wheel, usually of her, um, her Range Rover or a Land Rover, much as much as she was in the backseat being driven around. So, yeah, so if, you, if we have a look at her collection, it's probably worth tens of millions of pounds mm. from vintage limousines, bespoke hearses through to modern sports cars and horse-drawn horse gold coaches. And all the vehicles are stored in the Royal Mews at Buckingham Palace. So, yeah, it's quite a little... Uh, Trevor, tr- uh, Trevor of uh, uh, some pretty cool motoring um, history there. And so was she? So you say you say she didn't need to drive. She probably never drove on the open roads, would she? She would have driven just on the estates and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Not not you know you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have popped down for your pint at the local, and uh, Lizzie would have been driving past at two o'clock in the morning when you were rolling out. She would have been only on the uh, on the estates. I'd have thought. <laughs> yeah, hell of a visual though. <laughs> Well, apparently, well, I think she was Uber driving to sort of top up the, uh, the old dollars in <laughs> yeah. the old backing palace. But <laughs> what does Her Majesty want with those Maccas trays? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So tell us, right. Malcolm, run, run us through, run us through uh, how many how many cars have you got there? Give us a, give if you've got ten there, give us a ten of of what she was rolling I've around a, in. I've got a few. We'll start with the most obvious, which is the Rolls Royce. Like mm-hmm. she had a whole lot of um, Rolls Royces, the Phantoms particularly. Um, the rarest specification, 1955 uh, state Landaulet, pr- uh, powered by 5.7 litre engine, and there were just 18 of those made, and they were produced by Rolls Royce, and res- and sales were restricted to heads of state, and that one remained in service that she had for 43 years, and then she gave it back to to Rolls Royce, which I think is in a current museum now. Wow! And she's got a silver jubilee for her silver jubilee. Um, she was given a Phantom Six, which is part of the Queen's collection, and still they have that. Mm-hmm. And that was used as uh, as a wedding car for Prince William and Kate. So that's, nice. uh, that's pretty cool. Yep. So um, there's a few bespoke Daimler uh, V8s as well, so Jaguars that uh, belong to her match because of uh, this one that she's got has a custom handbag holder. Controls for hidden blue strobe lights. I'm not exactly sure what those are for. <laughs> wow. Phone, phone fitting. Phone fittings that allow her to direct communication with Downing Street, and this served as the, as the Queen's personal vehicle for three years from 20, uh, 2001. And she actually drove between Windsor Estate and Buckingham Palace, so she actually did oh. get, drive out on the road. So she did drive out on the logo. I guess she would have had police escorts in there. I'm still no license. To, I'm still trying to get past strobe lights. Yeah, what yeah, would Lizzie want with sure. the strobe lights? Maybe it was... And a big stash of waters inside yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> 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 maybe, uh, maybe, that was, maybe that was from the old Princess Die days because she used to love a party. So maybe that was... Maybe, well, maybe was Andrew borrowed it to go out with that. Oh, um, let's not go right there. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> let's just leave Andrew right alone there, shall we? What about? Didn't she design okay. her her car? Now her purse? Didn't she design that? Her purse. Her hearse. Her, her, her hearse. car that just took her. Oh, I don't know. She that. designed that. That Jaguar. That was she a Jag, just, wasn't she it? designed that. Did she really? Yep. Yep. Wow. It was a good looking rig. 
Not that she would have known, but it yeah, was a good looking ring. Well, she would have seen it before she. Well, before she, you know, passed on. Yes. Kicked the tin into the vault. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> what else is there, Mel? I'm intri- I'm intrigued. So, I'm intrigued now. Well, actually, it was um, uh, the Bentley in 2002. They were sick of Rolls Royce getting all the limelight, so they actually built two unique state limousines that were gifted to the Queen to mark the 50th anniversary of the Golden Jubilee, and those are valued at 10 million pounds each. Oh. So just a couple of those in the garage. So 6.75 litre V8. Extended wheelbase offered a whole lot of different um, options. So, like, the seating would go up so that, if you recall them, um, they have sort of glass roof and and quite a lot of glass. So the seat will go up so she can wave to the the people. Um, It, um, uh, when the Sovereign was aboard, and this is interesting, um, they took the flying bee ornament off the front and replaced it with a solid silver sculpture of St. George slaying the dragon. Obviously, obviously, they weren't too keen on the on the brand. <laughs> and safety, of course, is paramount. Um, we're not just talking airbags. It was armoured, blast-resistant, rides on Kevlar-reinforced tyres and still manages a top speed of 130 miles an hour. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. All right. Wow. She's just, um, she'd really be good on it. Like, just imagine Lizzie on one of those episodes. Like, remember when they used to do Pimp My Ride back in the day? <laughs> like, she's just there going, what are those and those and <laughs> Spinning reels. Yeah. Give, me, give me some spinners. <laughs> hey, boy, can I just can I just interrupt you there, Malcolm? Because we've had a very funny text come in that I think you'll appreciate. It says, uh, "Interesting to see Diana's XR2i recently sold for five hundred k, but Prince Andrew's Escort cost the Queen twelve million. Too soon." <laughs> <laughs> Greg from Upper Coomera, that is a screamer. You are going on the board for potential text of the evening. <laughs> that's yeah, that is a good that's one. very funny. Anyway, sorry, Malcolm, go on. <laughs> okay, so we, we know she had a heap of Land Rovers. She had over 30 Land Rovers and Range Rovers during the course of her 70-year reign, mm-hmm. and uh, she really loved the Series 1 models, and those are the ones that she'd drive around Sandringham at her, her country <laughs> estate. And interestingly, you're talking about the hearse because Prince Philip, um, coffin was carried on a specially designed Land Rover Defender hearse during the uh, funeral procession to Windsor Castle. Obviously, his, not hers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the military-inspired dark bronze green Land Rover, uh, the prince designed that himself over the course of 16 years, and uh, Land Rover provided three just in case there are any breakdowns. So that's pretty pretty interesting stuff. Well, being a Land Rover, there's a fair chance of that. So no wonder <laughs> they made three. <laughs> <laughs> No wonder they made three. So there's a car that she owned right up to her death and is still owned. Um, it's in the Royal Garage. It's a 1961 Vauxhall Crester Estate. So estate obviously being a station wagon. Wagon, yeah. And um, it was, even back in 61, it was um, specced out to, for an outdoor lifestyle. So it had fishing rod holders built into the roof, a dog guard for a corgis, a gun rack, and oh. custom imperial green paintwork and it says it's probably worth about 2000 bucks obviously with the providence of the queen it'd be worth a lot more but they still own that um wow. she had a whole lot of rover p5s as well and um uh james may from the grand tour once took for one for a, a, a test drive and was annoyed that there was no boiled lollies in the in the club box there. I thought that, that was quite funny. Mate, I've got to tell you, even though with Royal Providence, the Rovers, they're still not worth much, what mm. I reckon. No. They were a dog of a thing. I don't think so either. But, 
But one that is worth a bit is that Royal State coach that you know, you've seen um, photos of. It's just turned mm-hmm. 260 years old, and not technically a car because it's horse-drawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, only ever used for coronation, so it'll probably get cracked down for Charlie pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, it cost £1,762 um, to produce that, and um, it's worth like a billion dollars now. It's just a massive amount. Because it's 250 um, years ago. Gold. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a, a lot, lot of money. Two hundred and fifty. That's a lot of wedge. Two hundred and fifty years ago, let me tell you. Yeah, wow. exactly right. So if we move on to to Charlie, he had um, his mum gave him a, a DB6 Aston Martin for his twenty first birthday. Very powerful uh-huh. car for a young man. Mm-hmm. So he actually got the services of the two time Formula One champion Graham Hill to help him um, learn how to drive it. Cool. And um, in in recent years, it's had several eco friendly modifications because you know he's pretty big on sustainable values. Yes. And it's actually powered by what they call wine and cheese. It's a, a cheese byproduct called whey and a wine. And um, apparently it takes about three bottles of wine to drive a mile. So the range isn't massive, but apparently the performance is still good. <laughs> so that is very odd. That is so odd. <laughs> and um, he's stuck a fake red eject button to the dashboard designed to make his, his passengers nervous, which is probably okay because yeah. I think Camilla probably rides a broom anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Written, spoken, and authorised by Malcolm Owens. Nothing to do with the, with the driver's seat. <laughs> That's very funny. And in, in 1989, um, he got an Aston Martin Vantage and he actually had um, Aston Martin take off the spoilers and the side skirts and um, put smaller wheels and he kept the big engine but he wanted to make it look um, less racy so he had yeah. it done in uh, a manual gearbox and put Balmoral green paintwork so it's pretty much the same as the one James Bond drove in the, the Living Daylights in the 1987 movie Crazy. Um, and he's also got a couple of other hybrids there's a Jaguar I-Pace and a Range Rover hybrid that they have in the garage as well Mate, so good, they have, cool they have got a good selection there, I love what they've got there, unfortunately, yeah. they probably don't they don't uh, drive them too much, but certainly many millions of dollars there. So, Malcolm, two things. I know you've been overseas recently and you probably haven't caught the show, but I wanted to let you know that um, when I was racing at Morgan Park in recent times, someone came up to me and said, oh, we love the show, blah, blah, blah. And they said, that guy, the, the, the Kubota guy, when you were talking about driving habits of people that really frustrate, frustrating driving habits of people, he said he had to pull his car over. He was laughing that hard. So <laughs> there is a definite, there is, there is at least one Malcolm Owens fan out there, but actually there could be others because there's a text here from uh, Wilco who says, I want to say a personal thank you to Malcolm. As a car enthusiast married to a commercial accountant, I need any and all support I can get to justify my spending on old cars. Keep it coming, please. So <laughs> that's from that's from Wilco. Uh, and Lee has texted in and said, hey, boys, Malcolm, has the price of AU Falcons gone up with all the great it's plugs? It's AU Falcon! <laughs> there it is. We haven't heard that for a few weeks. Uh, with all the great plugs in the driver's seat. So... Give me the skinny on AU Falcons, mate. Has that uh, have they gone through the roof with your celebrity endorsements? Uh, <laughs> actually, they have because the V8 Tickford ones have actually moved up in price quite a bit over the last few months. <laughs> I, I think that might be down to your little sound grab there. But <laughs> some of the cheaper ones, well, 
five hundred bucks will probably get you started, and you can move up from there. But yeah, so um, some of the Tickford ones are fourteen, fifteen grand. So whoever thought that the AU Falcon would actually be worth oh, anything? Jet wants Jet wants Jet's been looking for an AU Falcon because he wants to turn it into a drift car. I'm like, really? Oh, There's mate. quite a few of those, I think. Yeah, around AU drift cars. Yep, I think. But talking about um, talking about uh, values of, of cars, the um, I don't know if you saw recently that the Ford Escort that Princess Di was driving mm-hmm. in the 80s sold for £650,000, so $1.1 million Australian dollars. Yeah. Um, and that and that um, that was a black RS Turbo Series 1 with only 25,000 miles on it. So the normal value for that would be between, say, twenty and £25,000. So um, wow. and that's not a bad, not a bad pickup. Mm, they're a good so car. So if you, if you take all the... <clears throat> They're a very good car. They're probably not worth a million bucks. But um, do you know, an interesting thing that I, that I learned when I was, I was doing some research for this is if the palace buys a car um, on the delivery slip, it'll have the person that's bought for. Obviously, they buy cars for staff and, and that. If the royal family um, are buying the car, it just has Buckingham Palace put on it. And actually, yeah. a large number of royal cars are sold at public auction. So you can actually buy a car that's been owned by the, the royal family and they don't um, command a huge um, premium. And recently, and I thought this was quite funny, that a 90s Rover owned by the Queen was sold with the description, one previous careful lady owner. That was actually pretty good. I like the idea that, you know, there's like, a, she sent out one of those, the guards with the big hats to go like pin it on, on like a notice board at Coles, you know, just like one previous owner, <laughs> please call, da 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 Very good. Mate, we're going to let you go, but someone else has texted in and said, uh, Prince Andrew had a good performance after three bottles of wine too. Andrew's coming at heart. He certainly is today. I'm not um, going to say poor Andrew. But, no, uh, absolutely not. But we'll, uh, Mel, we'll no, let you go before we get you into any trouble. But um, uh, thanks for joining us on the driver's seat once again. Thanks, gentlemen. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you, Mel. That was the Classic Cars Corner. For Kubota. Building Australia. Oh, it is. You never know what you're going to get in the classic cars oh. corner. Uh, still got no, plenty. Nothing too controversial tonight either from Malconio. First first show back for a little while, so maybe we'll rev up the uh, the inappropriateness next next time he comes on. <laughs> so, could you would you mind going through some of those little text messages that we that have just uh, flown in? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, where are we? Five hundred bucks. That is a bargain. He reckons for an AU Falcon. Text message uh, 342 has come in on that one. Rob the Ranger, uh, AU Forte. Is that, is it, was it a Forte? The Ford Falcon AU Forte he... is the most memed car of all time. Unless okay. You, unless you meant to write Falcon? Or is it, does Forte exist? Let us oh, know. no, Forte. No, there was a Ford Falcon Ford. There was a Forte. Yep. Rob? Yeah, yep. Okay. There we go. Yep, Easy there, absolutely. There was yeah, a yeah, Ford. Yep. Fort. Was it a fort or a forte? Forte. No, I don't know. Was it a fort? AU fort. AU fort. Rob, <laughs> Rob put the Got phonetics. Got yourself an AU fort. Put the phonetics uh, in a text message on 0433981116, please. Um, it is the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. We'll have a quick look at what went down at Soundown right after this.
For Kubota, for over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Uh, Last weekend was the uh, Speed Series. It went down to Sandown, made its return for the first time since 2019, which was a bit of fun. Heaps of the ARG categories were there, and all I can say is, it's a shame that the uh, the weather was so poor, but everyone sort of got by and got through it. And um, it was a decent weekend of, well, action, I'll say, because there was a lot going on. And uh, where, where do you want to start, boys? Because a fair bit happened. Well, I think the first thing we need to say is congratulations to everyone for actually getting a race meeting together. Yes. Because that, 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 was a, that was seriously challenging, Stevie J. It's yep. what, normally when we watch... Or speed series is on, or TA two, or Trans Am, or whatever. I'm I'm horrible. I I I don't want to be around anybody because I, you know I feel like I'm missing out. This weekend or the last weekend at Sandown, I was quite happy to be sitting on my couch. I did not feel like I was missing out anyone. I mean, you were there. Have you seen pits flood like that in your career? Because it looked horrendous. I mean, I have yes, but it was it's you know up there with you know I've had. I've had years at Bathurst where we've had rain from Thursday right through to Sunday afternoon. 2000. Yeah, like that, you know, that heavy, mm-hmm. that bad. Um, and it's not pleasant. You know, it's not pleasant for anybody. You, everyone's wet. You, mm. you know, your feet and your socks are wet all day and yep. it's cold and it's hailing and it's windy and, it, you know, it's just, it's not pleasant, you know. So throw in that you're in temporary tents, you know, back in the supercar area when I was racing there, it was... You know, you had your own pits and you had your own little um, eatering area, eating area, and and all that sort of stuff. You know, it's a little bit, you know, at least you know you could get away from it. You had your own big transporter with lounges you can sort of get in and get warm and all that. But yeah, you know, as a support category, you know, you're not you haven't got any of that. You know, and it's it's literally just in in hocker tents and the back of our pits flooded. The drains couldn't couldn't cope. Yeah. We're in 40 centimetres of water at the back of our pit that come right up to the car. No good. Um, and we sat on the dummy grid for the first race and it started hailing. Um, so they cancelled the race <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it was just a horrible I, weekend. I, I tell you what surprised me, Nimsy, I reckon the most is that we didn't have three or four of the world's biggest accidents all weekend because we know that it's a super slippery track in the wet. We've detailed that in the past, Stevie J. But, I mean, I, I reckon it was Hanson's accident, uh, almost accident in the TCR car coming down the back kink, being able to slot it through that fence. I think more with good luck than, than good planning. Mm. Um, that could have been massive. Luke King's could have been absolutely massive. The only one I did see that was really big was Matty Holt in the uh, production car category yeah. just drove his – got up on the ripple strip coming out of Dandenong Road and, and just spun her around and put her into the fence. And that's a beautiful car. And Matt's a great guy. And I'm really happy that he's he's well after that because that was a big accident. Um, but I, that was what shocked me. I would have thought there'd have been some really big accidents, big accidents, a lot more yeah. big accidents. And we didn't see it. So it was good driving by everybody. Mm. It was also a – and there was I can tell you right now, there was a lot of waiting. And it was funny because – so when I went to go chat to Jet, because um, – Four o'clock was meant to be when their race was uh, on on the Saturday, and everyone's just standing around because it's literally coming down sideways. He's bucketing down like mm-hmm. it's like someone just literally just tipped buckets of water everywhere, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you just have people running out of pits and things like that because it's like TCR's on now. So yeah, <laughs> so there was a lot of shuffling and um, and changing around of the schedule and stuff like that. I couldn't even yeah. I couldn't imagine what it'd be like for an actual driver or anyone that 
or even, you know, if you were sharing crews between different categories, because it just seemed like chaos. So a big kudos to all the organizers and everyone there for actually getting a weekend out and about, because for a second there, well, like, all of Friday, I reckon I counted that many red flags. It was just ridiculous. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it was, um, uh, yeah, I say it was, it was some great driving and, even though the red flags were there, typically they were for cars that had perhaps left the road, Nimsy, and couldn't get back on the road. We saw it in, in one of your races, I think, with Stevie J with Keith Kasulki couldn't get back on the mm. track. We saw it with uh, with uh, Bailey Sweeney in TCR. He couldn't drag the car back up onto the track. So it wasn't these that the, the, the hits or the red flags were caused by massive accidents. It was just if you put your, your, your car offline, Stevie J, uh, and you went into the dirt. Apart from the final corner, you, you just couldn't get out, could you? It was it was diabolical. Well, it's 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 not just the rain that we had that weekend, or, or that Melbourne had that weekend. They've had rain for three months. You know what I mean? It's been wet. It's wet. Everywhere's wet, waterlogged down there. There's the ground can't soak any more water up. The drains can't cope with it. Mm. Uh, so you know it's a culmination. The supercar event was exactly the same. The mm. supercar mm. event was wet. Mm-hmm. The supercar event, if you went off the track and got into the grass, you couldn't get back out. You know, so you, you get bogged. And that's, uh, I guess, you know, what we're coping with at the moment with all the all the rain bands and and things that are coming through. But um, yeah, it was. It's just. It's it's a shame because. It's such a good track. I love Sandown. I love the events at Sandown. Uh, I don't mind wet weather at Sandown, but just when it's mm. like that, that was, yeah. that was a little too it was much. Ter- it was just bit, too much. It was a bit torrential there, but uh, it's funny. What was the crowd like, Nimsy? Because, I mean, you, they, they, unfortunately, you weren't allowed to drive up to the circuit side, which you normally would because they wouldn't have been able to get the cars out. Mm. There was a couple of wide shots I saw of crowd in the, uh, in the, the grandstand, in the grandstand yeah. there. But, w- I mean, was it a pretty solid-looking crowd from what you could see? Well, what was good was anyone that did have the park-up-and-drive tickets, they were automatically, um, it's like, just come on into the grandstand, guys. Sure. That's about it. So sure. that part I thought was very, very smart. And there was just a lot of people huddling around um, just trying to find warmth or get mm-hmm. out of the rain. So uh, it, it was a pretty decent crowd. But even the, the thing, you know where the, um, the Shannon's Victory Lane was? Mm-hmm. As you, if if you were to go towards the paddock, that part was literally flooded. Wow! Like yeah. you could, it was there was no uh, some of the cams people. Uh, sorry, the Motorsport Australia people were trying to get through on a golf buggy, and it was up to half of the wheel, and they're sort of like sitting behind. They're going, "Do we try it? Do we try it?" Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. Well, but um, but all in all, it was it was, like I said, it was a good day of racing, considering the fact that. Guys are able to get out there because uh, you got three races at TCR Australia, which I guess they needed to do uh, because you know that's that's the that's the, the the main category, so to speak, in terms of mm. the ARG roster. But I got to give a shout out to Nathan Hearn in Trans Am because despite having the Saturday race binned, mm-hmm. um, he's got his back to back trophy for the Trans Am title. So a good a, a good fight back for Gary Rogers Motorsport, especially considering the fact that they had all that controversy going in. Well, and Owen Kelly, when they qualified one, two, three, Owen Kelly, having of course now fixed up those rear windows, did make a snide remark on uh, on the coverage, saying, "Oh, I guess the rear windows didn't help us at all." But mm. you know, 
doesn't matter, Owen. It's outside the rules. So, well, perceived to be outside rules. Well, if so, it didn't help you, then why'd you do why it? Why did you do it? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so uh, Nathan Hearn went back to back, which was sensational for him. Um, good, consistent weekend and a good, consistent championship. So he can now go to the Bathurst International. Not that that's a round of the championship. This was the final round of the championship. The, the Trans Am uh, 100 at Mount Panorama at the Bathurst International is, in fact, not. A championship round. It is just a, uh, a, a standalone yep. uh, race, which is cool. So he can go there and, and give that a real crack. The question for me is what's going to happen with Nathan moving forward? Um, you know, I, I, don't... I believe they're doing Trans Am again. Are they really? Yeah. See, I just, there's, if he wants to go up, I'm not sure I agree with that. Now, that may yeah. be budget constrained. I get it. But I mean, three, ti- three times in. In uh, he did TA two and now he's done Trans Am. Look at what his old man sold Hearn's freight service for. I think think it's a budget constraint. Yeah, he could go up if he wanted to. So I'd like to see him go up. But so he won the championship, and then just quickly to cover off Nimsy back on TCR there. um, Aaron Cameron won race one. Race two was won by Benny Bargwana in pretty controversial circumstances after he and uh, Geordie Cox went flying through the infield and took the flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and race three was Will Brown from Caruso, which is good to see uh, Michael, our guest, of course, on the mm-hmm. driver's seat last week, pick up a P2 uh, and Geordie Cox uh, in P3. So the front guys were, were pretty consistent, although Aaron Cameron didn't make the final race, I don't think, because of an electrical fault with the car. But um, anyway... Jets in, in Trans Am, all we can say about Jet was he kept it on the island right up until the end, and now he's knee-deep in buckets and mops and spades and shovels <laughs> trying yes. to get his Trans Am car cleaned up, yeah. which, in fact, Lee has texted in and says, hey, boys, Jet's new co-sponsor could be Hog's Breath Cafe because he's happy as a pig in mud. Oh, yes. <laughs> I got, Although, when he got out of the car, he wasn't too happy. I, he wasn't too happy. I could see he looked like a the, sprint car driver. He did. I could see all the three of you. You were trying to not smack him behind the back of the ear. I could no, see it. I'm not going to smack him. Why are you going to smack him? What do you, you think I'm a... I can't believe the way you talk about No, me, not smack but The frustration, though. I could see that there I was a level frustrated. of frustration. He was. I didn't want him. He was so hard on himself. Oh, we he were was. just saying, don't worry about it, mate. You know, like in the end. Don't worry, you're going to clean it. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, in the end, you know, it was he was just down there for experience. And yeah. I'm glad he got to drive in those conditions because he knows what to expect now. And Going to rain on him someday. As he said to me, he said, Dad, you did, you did warn me about the lines. You did warn me about the water. Yeah. And he took it on board, but he just didn't realise mm. how bad it does get. So yeah, particularly one in that small corner. mistake. Yeah. Like he wasn't the first one to throw it off at that corner. Well, look we at saw Geordie Cox. GT look at cars, GT TCR cars, cars Aaron TCM Cameron, cars. Geordie Cox. Yeah. So uh, Benny Bargwana, you know, as you said, he won the race going through. Easy corner they to all do it, it on. You know, Very um, easy corner. And if it was us... He, he he could have continued. Jet could have continued. He did break the front splitter, but he could have continued. Yeah. But, you know, there was no gain in doing it. There was no championship to one or whatever. So Where did he finish it. in the championship? Oh, 12th, I think. Okay. So, Happy with that? Yeah. Well, you know, we had three DNFs. So right. if we didn't have those three DNFs and averaged it out to a P10, we would have probably been fifth in the championship. So, wow. So okay. it's, just the, it's just the DNFs that killed us. So, uh, But apart from that... No, he's you know he had a great time down at Sandown. He loved the track, absolutely loved the track. He said he wanted to have more dry running, but you know, it is what it is. We'll go back there next year. And as Kimbo said from Bayswater, Sandown, what a great place to build a new housing estate. Maybe if they're built on stilts. <laughs> exactly right. You cannot build a housing estate there unless it is another two meters higher. <laughs> yeah, it was just. 
mega wet there. But also, uh, do yourself a favor. If you haven't seen it already, um, jump onto our socials, uh, facebook.com forward slash driver's seat show, and you can uh, get Jet's thoughts before uh, the race and after quali because uh, I was actually quite impressed with how well, uh, how professional Jet was too because he's, uh, he's getting, he's must, must have some good media training from someone. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he must too. I don't know how. And by, and by the way, guys, there was a poll running on Stan about who was going to be yes, the, I saw that. The, the the Johnson to finish further up the field, and the old boy won the poll. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for voting. I didn't vote. I thought I'd stay you Switzerland. Would have voted. You thought I would have voted for Jet. No, I, I would have you. voted for you. Jet's got plenty of time for yeah, votes exactly, in his career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's got plenty of time. <laughs> that's very funny. And one last one before we leave. Uh, 0433 98 11 16. Don't worry, Jet. Not as bad as Matthews. Thank you. No, no, it wasn't. We'll take a quick pause for the cause and we'll be back with more right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. This is the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. And the all-new driver's seat app has got podcasts, interviews, news and videos. It is a must for all motorsport fans. Uh, The final Bathurst seat is locked in and Mm. Kiwi Porsche racer Jackson Evans will race alongside Jack Smith for Brad Jones Racing in the 2022 Bathurst 1000. We got a full board. (laughs) Celebrity faces. All done. All done. Stevie J, I'm going to throw this to you because you've driven both. I've only driven one. I've only driven a cup car. I've never driven a supercar. What is it going to be like for Jackson Evans? How difficult will it be for him who's never had any real time in a supercar other than that test day? to be able to switch his brain around and driving style to be able to drive that supercar effectively. It's going to be difficult. Right. It is going to be very difficult. They're, a, they're definitely a different car, different type of car to try to get speed out of. Um, I rate um, Matt Campbell as one of one of the best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He is mm-hmm. very talented, mm-hmm. super talented. Uh, you know, he's obviously a works Porsche driver now. He's driving in the LMDH uh, he's driving for Roger Penske, actually, Absolutely. over in America. Yeah. Um, in basically as high as you can go in sports car racing. Uh, he won that through running the Carrera Cup Championship here, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, he's uh, co-driven at Bathurst quite a few times now. He's obviously with Kelly Grove uh, this year, but he's been with us, Shane Van Gisbergen. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, obviously it's not a car that he's been in day in, day out, like, mm-hmm. SVG and all that, but, you know, struggled, struggled for pace. Mm. And and I think Jackson's going to find exactly the same. He knows the track uh, quite well, but doesn't know the cars very well. So, I mean, very talented young guy, but just lack of time in that sort of car to understand how to unlock that speed. He's been on the Porsche ladder. Do we see this as maybe him trying to maybe come back to Australia, do you think? Or? I don't think so. I mean, you saw Matty it's just Campbell a do it. For him. You know, uh, obviously Bathurst, it's like it's like driving in the Le Mans 24-hour at Daytona. Something to tick off. Yeah, it's one of those events that, you know, if you can do them and, and you know, Porsche are allowing him to do that because it's clearly not not the right mark of car, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not a car that's um, 
going to take any sales away from Porsche. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah, not in the course. same same league as that in regard. But um, so that's why these guys can do it. But yeah, I, I just think it's one of those things. Who who wouldn't want to? As a professional racer, mm. everyone around the world would want to come and do the Bathurst One Thousand if they can uh, get a seat. So that's going to be twenty eight cars. We got we got twenty five. 25 full-timers full yep. and three wild cards with Charter, the Boost Mobile one, and Triple Eight one. I mean, this Bathurst is shaping up to be a bit of a screamer. Mm. That's probably the biggest field we've seen in a while. I would have thought, Stevie J, 28 cars. Yep. So this yep, is uh, back to its normal time as well. I think about 11 o'clock start. So this is this is shaping up to be a ripper one. Of course, the Victorian teams tested yesterday at Winton, and we've got the Queensland teams testing up at QR fairly soon. Do you think we'll see QR back on the um, on the calendar next I, year? I reckon we will. Do you I've reckon? got a feeling we will, yeah. yeah. okay. Even though they've reduced the calendar. I've got a feeling now that Adelaide is back, the, uh, the street track Adelaide, yep. I reckon Tal and Ben's going to lose that round yep. and Queensland are going to gain it. Because they're talking Tassie might also be... Binned. Binned. Nah, they, they won't be. You don't reckon Tassie? No. Nah. Well, if you do, then it's not a... A legitimate national championship. Yeah. So you don't have Cash now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Tazzy played Benny Cash. Yeah, Tazzy, you got to have Tazzy. Tazzy is unreal. I love Tazzy. Um, and and it, it always proves. Uh, always. Yeah. Yep. It's always always good racing. racing. Yeah. Mm. Always yeah, good yeah. racing. Yes, it's a bit of a logistical nightmare to get to and that sort of thing. But you know, all in all, it's always a good crowd there too. They love it down there. Yeah, yeah. They you only know? get it once a year. Don't take it away from Tazzy. We did Winton? mention. No, Winton will. St- I guarantee Winton will, will stay. You're confident, Nimsy, that Winton will stay. Very confident. Perth will be on. Tassie on. Don't know that. You reckon Taylor's a Taylor's a chance to get the Tijuana brass. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon oh. the Shahins will like that? Mm-mm. <laughs> I think there might be a little bit of a. <laughs> you need to calm down. With uh, if if they. <laughs> I can tell you right now, if they get rid of Tail and Ben, you're going to see some very angry tweets from Mr. Uh, Mr. Shin. But um, he's not used to not getting his own way, is he? The Shins, no. one would imagine. So if the if the government does come in and go yoink, it's only a couple of times that he hasn't had his own way. One yes, boy. I think one one I think one was at at uh, your desk in drive through Johnsonland, was Correct. it not? Yeah. How did he take that? No, not very well. No, okay. Well, well. Look, we we he took me to the stewards. Did he really? He took you to the. He took the DSO to the well, stewards. The decision. Well, the decision. We'll, How'd that uh, work out for him? I won. Okay. <laughs> we'll take a quick pause for the cause. Uh, we did mention the Erebus wildcard. We have a bit of news on that, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Mm. Right here on the driver's seat. What do they think this is? SENSA. They certainly do, Coates. <laughs> Back with more right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. And the best place to get in touch with us when we're not on the wireless is to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Driver's Seat Show on all three platforms. Uh, We were talking about um, the final piece of the puzzle being um, confirmed with... Jackson, what's his last name? Sorry, Jackson Evans. 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 Jackson Evans. We literally did that segment there. Jackson Evans uh, joining Jack Smith in um, the SCT yep. Logistics BJR car. Uh, but also, final confirmation that the Mercury. You could have got away with that by just saying Jackson, I'm Jackson and 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just kept going. Until us peanuts. Jackson and, you know. It, Jay. it was yeah, very much accountable on this show. It was one of those ones where it was just. Why, why, why me? Thank you, Todd. <laughs> um, but Erebus have confirmed Will Brown's damaged supercar will race at next month's Bathurst 1000. And the Greg Murphy, Richie Stanaway wild card will go mm. ahead as planned. My honest opinion is have some balls and do it yourself. Thank you, Barry. That's exactly what they've done. Because I said on last week's show, Stevie J, I would be very surprised if that car comes back. Because once you peel back the layers and you just go deeper and deeper and deeper into the into the accident, you just find things that are more and more and more broken. Yeah, I was well, absolutely shocked. Well, I was actually speaking to um, Scotty Pye, actually. He came out on the weekend. He did. Sandown mm. and also Shannon, his partner, mm-hmm. who is GM? general manager mm-hmm. of Erebus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was telling me that. You know, and also I was chatting to Will as well. And um, big job, you know, basically from the roll hoop back has wow. got to be redone. Massive. Uh, th- and that's huge. I think it's, and it's, they're, they're at Mount Gambia, is, which is where they get their, mm-hmm. their bar work and all their chassis work done. And yep. I, I, I don't know, did I see somewhere where it's, it's, um, it's back at the Erebus yeah, workshop. It's back in Dandenong. That's on extraordinary. Their it's gone from that size hit to from New Zealand to Melbourne, Melbourne to, to Mount, Mount Gambia. Gambia, Mount Gambia back to, uh, back to Erebus in what, ten days. Mm-hmm. That's extra- mm. that's extraordinary. That's absolutely extraordinary. I, I mean, good good work good work by them. I, I think that's and an all concerned team and the guys at at uh, the chassis place because yeah. that's a huge amount of work. And I think that um, there that car is going to run at a test day uh, at Winton. Mm-hmm. It was due to run at a test day down at Tail and Bend, wasn't it? But then it obviously wasn't going to make it there, so. Mm-hmm. They uh, they ran it. Um, they just they're running it. I think next week. I right. Think, yep, like. Yeah. It. They've oh, had special dispensation to rebuild it and then go yep. and have a run yep. uh, for that. Speaking of Erebus news during the week that Barry Ryan has been reprimanded for his bit of a push and shove with mm. with Mark Winterbottom. You Don't and I cut me off, mate. <laughs> you and I haven't really spoken about that. Now that we have a full stop on it, what did you make of that whole scenario, Steve J? As in, well, the scenario and then the the I don't know inverted commas punishment for Barry Ryan shoving uh, Mark Winterbottom when asked to leave and Mark didn't. Yeah, I just think it. You know, I, I don't agree at all. I think it wasn't even a show. I mean, I don't want to start talking about oh we've all gone soft and this and that. It's not that. You know, there's a lot of bullying around you know, in the world at the moment and, you know, whether it's cyberbullying, whether it's, sure. you know, whatever it is, and I don't agree with any of that. Of but what Barry did, that's not bullying. That's that's just, that's not manhandling. That's nothing. I mean, he didn't even punch him, didn't do anything, you know, like he literally just put his arm on him and pushed him backwards. Like mm. you get the same in a nightclub line, you know, trying to get into line. What about, I mean, and I was actually speaking to Will Brown about that this on the weekend and I said, mate, I'll, you know, I've got Barry's back on this. I don't believe that he's done anything wrong. Um, and all these uh, naysayers coming out saying he's got to be banned, and he's oh, I mean, give me a break. I'm I with said, you. I said basically, um, if you want to think about it in another sport, let's go back. You know, I've been referencing rugby league a bit tonight, rugby league, and uh, <laughs> the, thanks, Peter. Yeah, and and <laughs> I mean, you get spear tackled, you get you know, oh. you get shoulder charged in a game. Spot fires all over the place. Thank you, Andy. What happens? Yeah, and and you get spear tackled or shoulder charged hard in a game and get absolutely flattened. Then your teammates come in and start shoving and pushing around that that person, right? 
What? Yeah, rugby league. Um, nothing happens. No. Nothing. I mean, that's just, everyone thinks, oh, that's just normal. That's part of the game. No, mm. no people come out of the woodwork there. But so basically when you look at it, Will Brown got spear tackled by Mark Winterbottom, mm-hmm. right? And then Mark Winterbottom's come in and then Will Brown's uh, team guys have gone, no, mate, go yeah. away. Yeah. And, and it's, I, you know what I mean? I'm I, with you. I just think it's ridiculous with what Barry's got. He shouldn't have even had anything to explain. He did yeah. nothing wrong. He was in their pit. Yeah. If someone was doing that in my house, you know, you yeah. could, you could, I could flatten someone in my house and and get away with it. You yeah. know what I mean? Look, I, I, Apart I, from my kid, I, I think you're, I think you're 100 percent right. Yeah. I was watching, uh, I was watching a KO mini of the Minnesota Falcons um, and the sorry, the Minnesota Vikings and the and the. Uh, Atlanta Falcons game before I came on air tonight. And when you get – it's a physical game, I get that, but you're right, when someone gets tackled there, they sort of get a little bit frustrated on the way up, getting up out, out of the play, and they give each other a bit of a push and this, that, and the other thing. I just – I understand that we can't have it, and I understand that we don't want go-kart mum and dads to see, well, it's all right for Barry Ryan to do it, so I'll push another dad or any of that sort of stuff. But I, I, I think we all get that, don't we? I mean, we just get that. We know that you can't do that sort of stuff. I... but. I just don't. I just. I, I listen to. Um, you know. I, I've been. I don't mind taking a swipe at Fast Deli or Auto Action, just in case the manager of Auto Action is listening, who doesn't like me calling it Auto Fiction. Um, I, I, there was a parked up plus podcast. Hey, Come on. There's parked up plus podcast that Mark Fogarty does a bit, and um, and I've got to say that the language that was used around describing Barry. I thought was disgraceful. Now we've had we've had Barry up, you know, we've had a crack at Barry about some of his actions over the last couple of years. So, um, you know, when he needs to be pulled up, we pull him up. But on this one, using things like violent action and stuff like that, I thought was just ridiculous. That's and farcial. It was farcial, and and Barry, um, I think the great. I don't want to talk on behalf of our audience, but I've got to tell you, those people that saw it, mate, no, I don't think we thought there was anything wrong with it. You've been reprimanded, but, you know, the whistle's blown and we play on. But I didn't feel that you needed to be pulled through the hedge backwards for that one. Just, I just don't think it needed to happen. Just to go back and put it in, um, like, sort of footy terms for people. Now, there's this thing in uh, in the AFL that people like to commonly refer to as the Toby Green tax. Anytime mm. that GWS player Toby Green is involved in anything... Uh, He's often looked upon because, like, oh, you're a troublemaker. You're such and mm. such. Now, if that was in another garage, and if that wasn't Barry Ryan, I don't think mm. we'd be talking about this. I think would, Doctor, he, would Ryan Story get pulled up for it? Do you reckon? Like, I, Barry I reckon, Ryan did Story I reckon Jay, Paul or? Baz is just in the because everyone knows, like, you know, everyone knows Barry's rep, and everyone knows that you know he's very, you know. Like, you know, <laughs> what up, you jokes? He's got a touch of the Tysons about him. But, no, well, he's direct. He's a direct speaker, isn't he, Nimsy? He just says his mind. And and I, I feel like there's a bit of Barry tax thrown on in that. Yeah, that's a really good way to describe it. Like someone but who, having said that, you know, Mark didn't want to leave either when he should have just probably said, okay, we're not going to obviously agree on this. I'm just going to leave. Because I reckon Mark went down to apologise. By the look of his body. No, I don't believe you he don't did reckon apologize. he did. No, no. Right. that's that what, what I'm hearing. Is that what caused a bit of that's friction? That's why there was tension. He was trying to justify the hit. So, you know, if, and just for just for everybody, sorry, Nimsy, just hmm. for everybody's record, I believe Mark Winner was wrong in that. You yeah. know, I believe. Well, you're the DSO, it, so you tell me if you were looking at it, would he have got pinged? One hundred percent, he would have got pinged. You know, like which you, he did. You you can't do that, but you know, I mean, to to a fellow competitor too. I mean. We all know that if, if you're going to run somebody out of road at that point, it's going to be a massive accident. And if he's done that, 
because you know Will's given him a couple, of, and I don't think I don't think it's it's just what Will did the corner before. I think there's been a bit of niggle throughout the year, and I think um, you know that's that's my just my personal opinion anyway. But either way, whether he's he's done that accidentally, done that, or accidentally done that, but you know maybe not accidentally done that. You know, I'll just run you out of road a little bit here, mate. You know, and but um, I, you know it's just. It's just a, a not a good place. It's like no. try. It's like trying to tip someone out at the chase at Bathurst. Yeah. you know what I mean. Can't do it. You just you know it's going to be massive. Yeah, and I, just to finish off, I had a massive shunt just then when I I described something. It is the Atlanta Falcons. I think it's I said the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> I think I said the Atlanta. You're a hundred. That's a massive shunt. It um, was the Vikings and Eagles I game. Have a clue I do what it is anyway. Yeah, you really? Could, you could have said oh. it was the Panhandles versus the uh, the beat of oh, the Lady Boys. I've got to educate you on NFL. It's the best. Just just as a side note too. It's now great. this this is um <laughs> this is according to Stephen Bartholomew uh, and mm-hmm. Andrew Van Leeuwen. Apparently, Barry sent a text to the team 18 garage saying, "I do not want to see Mark Winterbottom in here, please." Prior yes. prior to that happened. However, Will Brown on the coverage said, well, he, Frosty better come here and explain what the hell happened. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just one of those th- one of those things, yeah. isn't it? But, um, I just think Barry got in the crosshairs there, and I think you're 100% right. There's Barry tax there. And it's, it's we move on tax. now. Yeah. yeah, I reckon we move on. Oh, boy. Anyway, we'll take a quick, <laughs> we'll take a quick pause at the cause. <laughs> Back with more right after this on the driver's seat. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to the driver's seat. Plenty of news happening throughout the week as we count down towards the Bathurst 1000. But uh, something that is very exciting is a brand new Ford Mustang has been unveiled. Have you, have you, have you, have you driven a Ford? been a while since we've uh, dug that one out but uh what do you what did you think of the uh the brand new ford mustang oh, it's kind of a hard thing to me it looks evolutionary rather than revolutionary hmm. steve if that makes sense but i don't think that you could do much more than that without stepping away from the classic lines of a mustang if you take into consideration the new corvette which you know, Corvettes. This one looks completely different to any other Corvette I reckon that we've we've seen ever. Um, the Mustang. I mean, it looks good. It's going to be sexy. It's going to be fast. It's going to be great race car. All that kind of stuff. But I, I didn't look at it and go, "Oh my goodness me, that looks extraordinary." Didn't I, I? Didn't have that effect on me. Did that have it on you? Steve? No. Yeah? I mean, it's 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 a good looking car. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great race car. Yeah. It's going to be a great looking road car. Yep. But you know, yeah, it's not, it's not. You, c- you couldn't a full redesign, is nah. it? You know what I mean? And, nah. and I don't know how you would, going from what it was. Mm. You know, I, I don't think the style of the, uh, of the world has changed um, significantly in the last five to seven years. Mm. So, mm. you know, obviously the change. You know, you, you look at the sixty fives and sixty sixes, sixty eight, sixty nine Mustangs, mm. like like what I've been racing in TCM. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see the lineage. You can see the mm. the, the similarity between it, yeah. but obviously, yeah, yeah. it's in the modern age now, where we haven't gone from the 
the dark age back then to the modern age now, you know, mm. like that, that doesn't mm. happen. Maybe in another twenty years' time, the action Mustang's going to look totally different again. But well, as we said, with the with the with the um, Corvette, mm. the current Corvette looks completely different yep. to any other Corvette. But yeah, so Nimsy, it's going to look good. I mean, in its race car renders, it looks it does. Look, it looks pretty flash. We've seen it in NASCAR, obviously. Yeah, lights are smaller at the front. Yeah. Obviously, grill's a bit bigger. Yeah, but so it looks tough. Yeah, it still looks tough. But it, it's, it looks tough. The current one looks tough. Yeah. As in yeah. not 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 the supercar. Obviously, that's no, the a little bit different shape. The, yeah. the roadie looks tough. If you if you drive past this model of Mustang when it comes out, you will. If you're a bit of a car cardigan like we are, you will know that it's a Mustang. It, it, it's when a new car comes out and you go, my God, what is that? That you go, boy, oh boy, they that's a big design change if it's a current model. But in this current, in this new model, Stevie J, if you drive past it, you will know that it's a Mustang. To be quite frank, yep, yep. And as we said, I don't think you can go that far past the design parameters of what's been in play for 60, 70 years. Don't forget when when this Mustang comes out in the flesh, uh, the race car. You know that's not going to be the renders that you see now. That's not going to be the race cars. Um, design as as such you mm. know for the front spoiler and the rear wing and all that um and also when guys like robbie herod get their hands on them and make mm. the herod mustangs like they're going to be seriously cool and look look amazing so they're going to be different body kits also so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what those options come out looking like rather than a render i mean I, there's not that often that you see renders and go, oh, that's unbelievable, you know? Yeah, just, renders generally do always look a little bit like, oh, yeah, I can kind of see yeah. what you're trying to do. But but it's going to look, I think I think the end result um, of the options, because there, there's going to be 10 different versions of the new Mustang mm. that come out with different body kits. I think they're going to look super. Hey, Brad, uh, we know you've texted in about Herod. We're going to cover that when we come back. Yep, we'll do Stand that. Stand by. We're going to ask. Speaking of Robbie Herod. We've had a text about Robbie Herod, so we're going to answer that for Brad when we come back. Indeed. We'll take a quick pause for the cause and wrap it all up next on The Driver's Seat. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Welcome back to The Driver's Seat. Uh, Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, you can very easily do so round the clock by jumping on our socials at Driver's Seat Show on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or when we're on air, you can even jump on the text line, 0433981116, which we've got Brad in Sydney has done. Good evening, guys. Not sure if this is 100% accurate, but if Herod Performance are making all the engines for the Mustangs next year, is it likely to be in net terms a disadvantage for DJR? Given they only supply DJR and Blanchard Racing Team now and are probably the best engine in pit lane, they lose this advantage in 2023, or will there be enough scope for each team to do their own thing with it? Love the show. Brad from Sydney. What do you reckon, Stevie? Oh, mate, you know, I get where Brad's coming from for sure. Don't forget this uh, Gen 3 is a totally new, totally different uh, package. And um, and there are, there's only basically two engine suppliers now. There's obviously uh, Herod Performance Engines now, um, which is the same company or the same guys that have been doing the DJR engines for, for years and years. Um, just Steve Amos from Moztech is now um, sort of retired from the from the main side of things. And um, and Robbie's now got it. Uh, Bobby there is doing a stellar job as he usually does. But, um, you know, you've got Kenny McNamara um, from KRE Engines who is doing the Camaro for everybody. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, I don't think so. They're going to be really making sure because it's, it's uh, the electronics 
uh, even more so in these engines with their electronic uh, flubber wire throttle, throttle bodies, the whole lot. They're going to basically be able to tune every engine, mm. uh, supercars, to exactly the same power. So there's not going to be an advantage by anybody um, within the pit lane. So I, I don't think it's going to be a, a net loss for DJR, but um, um, I, I understand where he's coming from. And, and if it was a current engine, it would probably definitely have been that for sure. It's still sort of the great unknown Gen 3. Uh, there's so many questions and so little time, it seems. But uh, that about Indeed. wraps up another edition of The Driver's Seat. Matt and Steele will be back next week. We'll see you next time. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.